thank you, God. Today, Lord, we're asking, God, that you would create in us and sustain in us faith in you, oh God. We want genuine saving faith, God. Faith that lasts. Faith that remains. Amen. Faith that's unshakable. Faith that's unmovable. We want faith that lets our mind grasp with understanding what your word says and what your word means. We want an understanding of your word and we want it to open up our heart to receive. Amen. With our mouth we want to be able to declare your word. And with our walk, we want to be able to apply your word in our everyday life with demonstration and manifestation. Oh, God, increase our faith. God, wherever it is, wherever it is, help our unbelief, oh, God. Oh, God, so that we can truly walk out on the things that you walked out, God, when you walked this earth, oh, God. God, that you would be able to use us without any hindrance, our obstacle, God, anything that would stop us from being used mightily in this earth. For we are your arms, and we are your hands, and we are your feet. We are your mouth, oh God. And so, God, let us walk by faith. Even when we don't see it, oh God, help us to walk by faith, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. In Jesus' name, that name, that name, amen. Um, amen. I'd like to stand for anything. We might. morning as the word is coming forth, I would like for um, just to pray over the congregation as a whole. Um, that God would make us prepared and ready this morning. Amen. You know you just didn't come to church to hear me. Amen. You didn't just come to church to hear the word from one person. You came to church because you have gifts and abilities that God has given you. Amen? You hear what I'm saying? You didn't just come just like when you came here, there was the praise and the worshipers. They went forth. Amen? The the people that was on the instruments went forth. We all got something. God said he gave gifts to the body. Amen? To edify the body. And it is time for us as God's people, amen, to not just come to be fed or to be led, but it's time for God's people to come and do what God has given them to do. Amen? Because it says when we all do what God told us to do, the whole body will be edified. One of the things I was thinking about is that a lot of times we're, we're waiting to go out and do something that we've never learned to do inside. You understand what I'm saying? We're waiting to go out and touch and heal, and do, but we have never walked up or used our gifts in the house of the Lord. And so this morning I am praying through the word of God that we are going to, to uh, hear God. Now understand this, we... We, we make it hard, but, it, but it's not as hard as we make it, okay? Because if he lives in me, come on, he, if he's in me, he can come out of me, amen? If I allow him to, and I don't walk in fear, and I just don't make it so hard that God cannot just speak to us. We, you know, how many of you just during the week at different times, You've heard God say something for you to do, or you've heard a word that you just knew, but somehow you hesitated. Has, has anybody ever had a hesitation? But later on after that hesitation, there was 
the revelation that God really did tell you to do that thing. But there was a hesitation. It was kind of like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It could be as simple as call somebody. It could be as simple as give an encouraging word. But but you hesitated. Or yeah, you got distracted. How many of us? We got distracted. God said something early in the morning when we got out of bed, and we was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to do that. But somehow we got distracted, and in that distraction, by the end of the day, we go, oh, I was supposed, yes, I was supposed to call. I was supposed to go, and it just, you know it, because somebody calls that, that you were supposed to call, okay? Or somebody says something about the person that you were supposed to call, and they were like, oh, you know, so-and-so, they were... They were sick today, or, or so, so-and-so's been going, yes, oh, God told me, right? So it lets us know that we really do hear the voice of God, but there's just these things that stops us from moving out on what God says, because we have the power of Jesus Christ residing in us. So this morning, as I dismiss our teams, amen, we're going to dismiss our team this morning, but we are going to be ready. I want us to be ready. I want you to be prayerful. I want you, as I and preaching the word, I want you to be praying, and I want you to be hearing the word, not just from my voice, but from God's uh, voice touching your heart, amen, and and there might be things that God's going to tell you to do this morning, amen, that's kind of quiet, <laughs> but there's things God can tell us to do, amen, thank you, thank you God, this week, um, I w- uh, woke up, and um, like two o'clock in the morning and you guys hear me? What's that? Yes, yes. Children's Christmas. I'm sorry. I just yes, children's Christmas. Amen. Forgive me. Amen. I'm excited. Amen. Uh this week I woke up and bless our children. Bless our teachers. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So this week as I was laying in bed, woke up and um God said this. He said, let me in, let me out. Let me in, let me out. Because I give you a two-fold message this time. I'm talking to the unbeliever, and I'm talking to the believer. Let me in, and let me out. Everybody said, let me in. Let me out. We were made to live on God. We have a soul that is more, and there's more to you than just that body. Amen? And if that soul doesn't drink from the greatness of God, the wisdom of God, the goodness of God, the holiness of God, the love of God, that soul will die. Just like our body needs water, okay, or it will die, our soul needs water, and Jesus is that water. And without that water, our soul will die. Amen? And so maybe, and I don't take it for granted that everyone here is a believer, because I believe that God has brought some in that are seeking God. Amen? And as we come in and to seek God, that means that I acknowledge that there is a need for something greater in my life. 
Usually when we come to God, it's because our soul is thirsty and our soul, it recognizes that I'm, I'm traveling along in life, but it's just not enough. What I'm doing is not enough. I can have all the money. I can have all the relationships. I can have a lot of good things, but there's still a hunger in my heart. Many of us that have given our lives to God, do you know what I'm talking about, right? You know that when you came to Christ, or I know when I came to Christ, there was a longing. There was a yearning. There was something that was empty and needed to be filled in my life. No matter what I had in my life, it was just not enough. And I was happy in a, a, a sense, but there was not no real joy in my life. I was happy based on situations, based on circumstances, based on the sun shining, based on money in my pocket. But when there was things that was not going according to my flesh, like there was such an emptiness, such a sadness, such a... Uh, uh, in, in my life, there was times where, seriously, I didn't even want to live this life. Amen? There was a time that I wanted to be out of this life because no matter what was in this life, it didn't seem to fill me or satisfy me. And so I remember the day when I knew that I, and even though I had been raised in church all my life, and I need some, someone to understand that because a lot of times we feel like I've, I've been raised in church all my life, and so there's just kind of like a, I'm in this because I've been in it. But there has to come a time where we come to Christ and we acknowledge beyond going to church that I need something greater than just going to the house of the Lord. Amen? And so there came a time that even though I was going to the church, and I could tell you very faithfully going to the church, there was still something in me that was not satisfied. And that's because I couldn't go to heaven on my mama's prayers, and I couldn't get have a relationship with Jesus Christ on my father's teaching. I had to have a relationship of Jesus Christ on my own. And there came a time, Kylene, that I knew that I needed Jesus. could rest on my mom and my dad's strength. Amen? I could walk in their strength. I could kind of feel safe in the fact that mom and dad were saved and mom and dad was walking in the Lord and that I almost thought they covered me. But that was because I was a child and when I'm a child I think like a child. But when I became a woman I had to put away that childish thought and realize that I had to make Jesus Lord of my life for myself. And I had to know him for myself. It's all right, Irene, to hear daddy's testimony. And it's all right to hear mama's testimony. But you got to have a testimony one day of your own. You got to know that you know that God is who he says he is and will do exactly what he says he will do. And you've got to have some evidence in your life that you've called on the most high God and he has answered you according to your calling. Do I have any witnesses in the house of the Lord? And so in that, when we first come, to, come to, uh, into the house of the Lord, there's an acknowledgement what we must have, and this is what I'm talking about, let him in. First, to let him in, you must have an acknowledgement, I need you. Many times as I start walking out in my, um, you know, 
end of my teenage years, probably, probably, uh, yeah, a little early in my teenage years, I thought I could do things on my own. Amen. I thought I could. Make, I even looked at some of the things that my parents said. It's ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. And things my mom said and my dad said. It was just like that's not going to happen to me, and I'm going to do it my way. But there came a time that God let me do it my way. And because, you know, anytime God wants to stop you, he can stop you. Do you understand that? But God let me do it my way because you know why? He needed me to come to the end of myself. He needed me to come to the end of my thinking, my reasoning, my strength. He needed me to come to the end of that where I found myself crumpled and crying and saying, God, I need you. I can't make it without you. I am a mess without you in my life, and I will wreck my life all by myself. Nobody has to help me. I need you. And so there comes an acknowledgement time when we really realize that we need the Lord. Amen? You won't come to the Lord if you don't acknowledge that need. Amen? You won't come to the Lord if you don't acknowledge that there's something greater than you walking on the planet Earth. Amen? You won't acknowledge the Lord as long as pride and stands up in you and says, I got it. I got it. I can do it. How many have ever been that? Amen? I got it. I can make this happen. I can do this. But there comes a day when you realize, "Uh uh-uh, I can do nothing. I can do nothing in and of myself. And everything that I have done, there came an announcement that God's grace was sure over my life because I was in some crazy places and doing some crazy things. And if it had not been for the Lord over my life, see, there comes an acknowledgement that even in my craziness, even in my prideful times, even when I thought I was doing it, there comes an acknowledgement I wasn't doing anything without God's hand upon me. And if God's hand wasn't upon me, y'all, I wouldn't be standing here today. Amen? Oh, I know we know it in that. Don't forget where you came from. Amen? But God is telling us that there's an acknowledgement. And in that acknowledgement, I knew I had to let him in. So this morning, I'm telling anybody that's in the house of the Lord this morning. If you came this morning and you was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of struggling and striving and doing my old thing without coming up with any lasting result. God is calling out to you, let me in. Let me in. Let me in. Let who in? Let Jesus in. We have this dilemma. And the dilemma is, the Bible lets us know the dilemma. In Romans 7, 14, and 25, we have this dilemma called sin. Amen? And it lets us know about sin. And until we acknowledge that that's what's going on within us, then we don't reach out for God. But in Romans 7, 14 through 25, it says this in the Amplified. And, and, and I like how, how it reads. We know that the law is spiritual, but I'm a creature of the flesh, carnal, unspiritual, having been sold into slavery under the control of sin. Before I came to Christ and acknowledged that, you would have never made me believe that I was under the control of sin. Amen? So I was doing my own thing. Amen? For I do not understand my own actions. I'm baffled. I'm bewildered. I do not practice or accomplish that what I wish, but I do the very thing that I loathe, which my moral instinct condemns. Can I get a witness? Have you ever done the very thing that you hate you find yourself doing? Now, if I do habitually what is contrary to my desire, that means that I acknowledge and agree that the law is good, morally excellent, and that I take sides with it. However, it is no longer I who do the deed, 
But the sin principle, and I want to skip the sin principle, which is at home and has possession of me. The sin principle, which is at home. Let's not forget, most of us are like, oh, that's so far back. I just gave my life to the Lord. And that's so, let's not forget it ain't that far away. Amen? Amen. It's just you turning your head one minute away from God. Amen. All right? For I know that nothing, and that's, what we're, that's where we got to come to. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot perform it. I have the attention and the urge to do what is right, but no power to carry it out. For I fail to practice the good deeds. Come on. For I fail to practice the good deeds I desire to do. But the evil deeds that I do not desire to do are what I am ever doing. Wow. Now, if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it. It is not myself that acts, but the sin principle which dwells within me, fixed and operating in my soul. So I find it to be a law, a rule of action of my being, that what I want to do, what is right and good, when I want to do what is right and good, evil is ever present with me, and I am subject to its instant demand. For I endorse and delight in the law of God in my inmost self with my new nature. And I discern in my bodily members, in the sensitive appetites and the wills of the flesh, a different law, rule of action, at war against the law of my mind, my reason, and making me a prisoner, come on, to the law of sin that dwells in my bodily organs, in the sensitive appetites and the wills of the flesh. Oh, unhappy and pitiful, pitiful and wretched man that I am, who will release me from the shackles of this body of death? Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Come on. He will, through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then, so then indeed I of myself with the mind and the heart serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. This morning tells us of a state that we have been in. Some may still be here. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I remember that state. And I also know that it's a state that I must fight in the spirit every day. Amen? There is that same sin that wants to come back, amen, that I must fight in the spirit to remain what God has given me the power to overcome, to be an overcomer. I must fight in the spirit because sometimes we think once saved, always saved. But once saved, you have to continue in the word of God. It is the keeping power of your salvation. You don't just get saved, walk out the door, don't pick up a word, don't pray, don't come to church, and you're going to say it's not going to happen. Amen? But God wants to keep us through his holy word. Amen? It says, I can, in 7, 14 through 25 in the, um, in the Message Bible, I like when it says, uh, let us know that God saved us from this pitifulness. Right now, it was, it's a pitiful life to want to do good but can't do good. 
You have the intentions to do good, but can't perform what you're intending to do. It's a war. It's a frustration. I want, I want to do that. My intentions was to do that. But I don't have the power to perform what I'm intending to do. Have anybody been in that dilemma? You, you, you want to be good. You, you don't want to lie, but you don't have the power to perform not lying. Amen? You don't want to commit adultery, but you don't have the power. Not, you, don't, you, you get up out the bed feeling dirty and nasty and, 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 and wish you no, oh, I don't want to go back to that. But, but next week the phone rings and there you are picking up the phone. Go, but the frustration of it is that you don't really want to be there. But there's no power even when you say, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going there no more. I'm not picking up the phone no more. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But you find yourself. Has anybody found themselves in that very place that you didn't want to be? The very place that out of your mouth you said, I'm not going to do it. I won't do that again. I won't lie to my husband again. Come on. I won't go off like that again. But you find yourself, and what the enemy does is keep you on this cycle of feeling guilty and feeling ashamed and feeling defeated over and over again because you want to do good, but you don't have the power to do it. Today, God is saying, let me in. You know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about um, how he's saying, let me in and let me fight. I was, just, I was just thinking about that, you know, that where I'm weak and, and, and where I'm, I, I can't do it, Jesus is the champion of our souls, amen? And if we would let him in, he's the champion of our souls. He wins, amen? If we let him work through us, he wins. He comes in and he fights for us. And he fights on our behalf. Not only does he fight for us, but he says he trains our hands to war, amen? He comes in and he trains me how to get through the situation. He trains me how to fight. He trains me how to stand. When I let him in, God is telling you this morning, if you're having that struggle going on, if you're having that frustration going on, if you're in that place where I keep doing this crazy thing over and over and I hate it, I hate it, I hate myself because I do it. God said, let me in. He said, let me in. Let me to give over, give way to. Let him in. This morning, God wants you to know you don't have to stay in that place. You don't have to stay in that place of frustration. We are getting ready to go into Resurrection uh, Sunday. We're getting ready to go into the teaching of Jesus dying on. He died on the cross so that we don't have to stay victimized by the enemy. We don't have to stay defeated by the enemy. He shed his blood this morning. Oh, God, we should be so happy. He shed his blood that we don't have to feel powerless. Through him, we can feel powerful. Amen. We don't have to be a victim because he said we're more than a conqueror through him this morning. Amen. I said through him this morning. We got to get excited about it because the world is out there dying and the world is upset because they are frustrated and I don't care how glamorous they look. I don't care how exciting that life looks. When you really dig into the life of the glamour and the excitement, there's a lot of pain. Amen. There's just a lot of fake. There's just a lot of fake going on. And the fake is to make you buy into it. They're hurting on the inside, and they're frustrated.
with their lives. But the redeemed of the Lord, the redeemed of the Lord has a message for them. Amen. If you would just let them in. And the only way they're going to know that is that we should be glad that he's within us. There should be a gladness on us, a joy on us this very morning that he lives within me. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Come on. Because he lives, I can face today, tomorrow, whatever comes in my Please don't let me be more passionate than you guys this morning. I'm just telling you right now, the same God that lives in me lives in you. Amen. The same God that conquered the grave lives in you. Amen. The same God that stopped me from lying will help you to stop from lying. The same God that helped me to love my husband will help you love you. It's the same God. And the joy this morning is a knowing that we are not weaklings. Oh, yesterday Karen said something so powerful to me, to the women in prayer. She was letting us know that when we, God put his power in, and this is all they get. Do you understand this? That we are the Jesus that people see? And how we reflect him? <laughs> how we demonstrate him? This is what this is who he sent, you guys. He's not sending anybody else. The birds aren't going to do it. The, the, the lions aren't going to do it. It's us, he sent. It's us that he's working through. It's us that's declaring his glory. And we got to get it together, amen, so that the world can see the manifested, demonstrated glory of God through us. The joy of even though my life is in hell. Come on. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I got Jesus on board. You want to shoot your brains out. But I, but the problem is sometimes we forget that he has on board. And the world is looking for it. They're looking, they're looking, they're looking. Yes, we have same circumstances. God didn't promise us that we would have different circumstances. We have same things going. We get sick. Come on, just like the world gets sick, we get sick. Just like the world, we have trouble in our marriages. Come on. Our children don't always act right. But praise God who we serve. And praise God who's on board. Praise God who can give us peace in the middle of every storm. Praise God that has given us the power to speak to the winds and the waves and make them obey. Make them obey. Make them obey. Our problem is it, it, it's saying it like, could you, would you please, instead of mountain be moved. God has given us that power. He's given us that power, and the world is waiting to see that power. This morning, God said, let him in. Now, you might be talking, think I'm talking just to the unbeliever in this situation, but I'm talking to believers, too. Let him in. Let him in. Let him in fully and completely. Let him in. We've let him in to a certain extent. But God said, not all the way. God said, let me in all the way. All the way. Lord, here's my life. Take control of it all. Every aspect of my life. I began to ask God, God, what do you mean we haven't let you in? God said, because sometimes you're ashamed of me. You're ashamed of the way I do things. Just like they were as they walked 
as he walked upon the earth. We have an agenda. We have a plan of how God's supposed to do it. Amen. And he doesn't do it the way that we, that it, it seems weak. Love your enemy. Do good to them that despitefully use me. That seems weak. It seems out of order. It doesn't seem strong. It doesn't seem like I'm standing up for my rights. And so we get ashamed of Christ. He said, let me in. Let me in completely. Let me in according to my way. My way. He says, in your, you, you think your way is right. But my way is the right way. Let me in. And if you remember when I preached, it said, blessed are those that are not offended in me. A lot of times we're offended in Christ, how he has done it, how he is doing it. And so we don't let him in all the way. I can't let you in over there because I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do this right now. You're not coming quick enough. You're not coming strong enough. You're not coming how I see you. And so, God, you can have this part, but I'm going to handle that part. God said, let me in. Let me in, church. Let me in all the way. Let me have control all the way. Let me do it the way I do it. Let me be God. Come on. He wants us to let him in all the way. I can't go out and tell anybody about God. If there's some area that I haven't let him in, you know why? Because that's the area the enemy's coming. He's not coming where I let Jesus in. He's coming where I haven't let, the weak place. That's where he's going to come, and that's what he's going to expose to the world to make a mockery out of God. Do you understand? My weak place is where the enemy's coming to make a mockery out of God. Where I'm not strong, that's where the enemy's going to expose me so that the world can say, uh-uh, that's, that, that's not the God that, that she's talking about. Look where you're at. You're weak right there. We've got to get to a place where God saturates and infuses my mind, my spirit, my soul. God infuses every part of me so that when I go out, I know what God can do in every area of my life. And I'm a true witness, and I'm a strong witness because I know that I know because, God, you've done it here for me, so I know you can do it for someone else. I'm not guessing about it, amen? I am relating what God has done in my life. A lot of times we're telling people, hoping, I'm telling you, hoping you get healed so I can believe I'm healed. I haven't received it. I haven't received that God is a healer. I'm hoping to see some healing in you so I can grab hold of it for me. Well, God is saying, uh-uh, we got to get to a place where we're saying, I know that I know because I've submitted myself to God in every weak area. And I say, God, work on this area. Reveal yourself to me in this area so that I can know that I know that I know that you are God in every area of my life. Everybody say, let him in. In the Bible, he says, Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. And I knock. I stand at the door, and I knock. Remember, that's Revelation 3 and 20. And if any man would hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I'm standing at the door, and I'm knocking. Let me in. Stop peeking through the peephole. Stop trying to determine if your house is clean enough. Is he, is he going to get in today? Am I trying to dust? And I'm trying to run and 
pick up the laundry. God said, I didn't say do all that. I said, let me in. I'm not asking you to clean up nothing. I'm just knocking because when I come in, I will clean. Wouldn't that be nice, ladies? Wouldn't it be nice if at the door there was somebody that when you looked out the peephole and there was, I came to clean your house today. I I came to do the laundry. I came to, we would open that door. Well, you know, know, just, just, just if we really felt safe, okay? We would open that door and we would say, thank you, God. Woo! I came to cook. I came to cook. God is saying, we're looking through the peephole. And we're going, I don't know if he can come in today. He's not clean today. I don't know if he can. As if he does not know where we're at. As if he doesn't know how dirty we are. As if he doesn't know all about us. But we're not. As if we're not home. As if we're not. And God is saying, please, just let me in. Just let me in. I'm here to do what you can't do. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to strengthen you. I'm your friend. Let me in. That's what he's saying. And he says, to prove I'm your friend, I'm telling you, let me in. This is not just some off-the-cuff person that says he's concerned about me and is not concerned about me, but this is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that loved me so much that while I was yet a sinner, he came to die for me. Amen? There's no one that can love me more. There's no one that cares about me more. And God said, we'll let everything else in. We'll let every person, every psychiatrist, every doctor, every man, every woman that don't even know you, you'll let them in. But God said, you won't let me in. Let me in. God said, let me in. That's all he's asking us to do. And what a persistent, loving father. Can you just imagine this? He says this. He's just standing there. He doesn't go away. You know, people, they'll come to your house. But they're only going to talk so long. <laughs> they're going to go away. Even a man that comes with your packages, amen, he will bust them packages on your step and get back in his car. And he's like, I'm not knocking all day. You better open the door. But Jesus, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. 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 And while you got the breath in in your body, I will keep on knocking. And I will keep on knocking. And I will keep on knocking. And I will say, open the door. If you open the door, I will come in. I will come in. And I will sit with you. And I will sup with you. And you will eat with me. And I will eat. Come on. What kind of guest? No better guest. I mean, no better. No better person to come to our house. The Lord. Do you understand this? That when He says He will eat with us and we will eat with Him, what are we eating? We're not talking about lamb chops. We're talking about the Word of God. Because He knows if we eat, really eat, not taste, not just taste, but He knows that if we were really eat to the chewing of it, to the swallowing of it, to it going down into us, to the nourishing of us, to the strength of us. That's what he's talking about. Let me in. Let me in. Tell somebody, let him in. God doesn't want just an area or situation in your life. He wants your whole life. 
He wants us to come to a place of total surrender. And, 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 and that's why I say it to the believer and the unbeliever. Unbeliever, this morning, God wants you to believe in him. Try him. If we would try God like we've tried world. If we would just try God to that extent, we would see the power of God. We can be dogmatic, insistent in the things that we try in the world. So insist some things can just be killing us. And we're going to still try to make it work. We're going to try to make it work. We're going to try. We, are, we can be insistent and persistent about those things that we want. No matter what they're doing to us, we will go after it. And, and it'll take a dog, somebody to come and try to pull us. You know how they said them, them, them dogs, how they get a hold of, what is it? Pit bulls. Lock on. We will lock on something. Come on. We will lock on something that we want. And no matter if mama says it ain't good, daddy says it ain't good, we will lock on it. Our friends can say it. Why don't we lock on God? Can you just imagine us locking on God like that? Locking on him that no matter what anybody says, no matter how anybody mocks us, no matter how anybody says that it's not good or you're doing too much, I'm locked on God. And you can't persuade me to change my mind. Could you trusting in him, locked on believing in his word, locked on I shall not be moved, but I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Can you just imagine us being locked on God? God is saying this morning that we got to get tired in the message Bible. It says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. And here's a good clue of when we're going to give it to God. He says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm at the end of my strength. I'm at the end of my understanding. I need you, Lord. I'm at the end of myself. God wants us to come to the end of ourselves because that's the only way we're going to seek help from him. Amen? Is when we come to the end of ourselves. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says this, Come to me, all you are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me. He says, come to me if you're weary. First, you've got to acknowledge you're weary. You know how little children are? Sometimes they're tired as all get out. But they're fighting, sleep, fighting, sleep. And all they need to do is go and lay down. But they're fighting and kicking and fighting and fighting. God said, would you stop struggling? Stop striving. Just come to me. And I will give you rest. Stop trying to do your own thing. Just come to me. And I will. And you know when they finally submit, it's so sweet when kids just finally submit. They've been just doing And then all of a sudden they just kind of conk out. God is just waiting for us to just conk out. He says, just conk out, just give in. Come to me, stop striving, just conk out, my children. And I will give you rest. I will let you have sweet rest if you would just conk out. Why, God, why we got to be so tired when we conk out? 
kill this stupid flesh that's trying to kill you. Come to me. He says, I will give you rest. He said, weary. How many have ever been weary? Just I've been at times in my life, and not weary from toil, like day-to-day work up here. Have you ever been just weary up here? Just your mind weary, and you just, can you turn it off, Jesus? Have you ever just want your mind, just shut up, shut up? Have you ever been like that? Oh, I know I, I can act it out because I know what it is. I've been like, shut up. I don't want to hear another word from you. <gasps> You're driving me crazy. Have you ever been like that? Oh, I have. I have. God saying, come unto me. Don't stay in that weary place. That weary place is a death place. That weary place is a setup for you. It's a setup by the enemy to kill you, to destroy you, to steal from you. And God is saying, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened. Come unto me. Let me in. There is an acknowledgement of need that causes our heart to cry out. Our heart will not cry out if we don't see But the acknowledgement of our need allows our hearts to cry out. Amen? And when our hearts cry out, that's when our ear can hear. It's only when your heart cries out that your ear can hear the Father. While we're trying to do anything in of ourselves, our our self-sufficiency talks to us. That spirit talks to us. You can do it. You don't need no help. You don't need nobody. That, that's that self-sufficient. That's that voice. But not until I realize I'm at the end of my road. I need you, Lord. And God is waiting for us. God knows that just to bang into us while we're walking around saying, I don't need nobody, we ain't going to hear God. He could be talking to us all day, but what do we do? I don't need nobody. But God knows when we get to that level, when we're on our knees and we're looking up, and we're saying, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Then God knows, I have you now. I have your ear. I've heard your cry, and now I have your ear. And now that I have your ear, and you're at the end of your rope, I'm telling you this morning, come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. Where you're weary, worn, tired, God says, come unto me. What? I don't know about you, but in that state, when I am at my neediest point, there's no greater blessed word sweeter than me, sweeter to me to hear a voice of the Lord say, I've been struggling all on my own. I'm trying to do this, but some rest this morning. Amen? That's what the Sabbath day is really all about. It's not about a particular day. It's about the rest that we find in Christ. From all our toiling and all our struggling, God is saying, rest. This morning I'm praying that we find rest in the Lord. So he says, 
let him in. Now, when he says let him in, one of the things that I really want to say this morning is to let him in for someone who has a moment is that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he asked Jesus how a man can be born again. Jesus said, you must be born of the water and you must be born of the Spirit. Amen? You must be. He said you must be. You absolutely have to be born again. Okay? We don't just come up to the altar and we don't get the born again experience. And this is something that God really wants me to relate to you this morning. Many of us come to church. Many of us worship God. Many of us sing the songs. Many of us uh, talk the talk. But I want to know today, have you been born again? Have you been born of the water? Have you went down in the water? Amen? What does that mean? Have you been baptized? Turn to somebody and say, have you been baptized in the name of Jesus? Have you been born of the water? This is important, you guys. It's not something, a lot of times we go through church, and I find people have been in church many years and they've never been baptized. Many years and they've never been taken to the water. Many years where they haven't been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. You must be born again. This morning, if you have not been born again, amen, I admonish you and I pray that you're under the hearing of this word right now. Because sometimes we're struggling in our lives because we haven't been born again. We have not been, we're frustrated. Something's missing. I made a declaration. I said I want you in my life, Jesus. But I haven't been born again. I haven't went through the whole born again experience. Oh, you should know if you've been born again. Do you understand that? You should know. And it's not predicated on that I joined Living Faith Christian Center. That doesn't mean you've been born again. Everybody, that doesn't mean you've been born again. You have to be born spiritually. Nicodemus was confused about that. He said, oh, how, you mean how am I going to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He didn't understand that. But Jesus was letting him know, no, I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. Have you had a spiritual rebirth? I know you've been born of your mama. I know who you know who your mama is. But do you know who your Lord is? Do you know who your Savior is? Do you know the one who died for you so that you can have a new life, be made new creature in Christ Jesus? This morning, that is his question to us. Have you been born again? This is found in John 3, 3 and 5. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, you guys, let's get the end. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And that doesn't mean heaven. That means he cannot see the kingdom. He cannot see God's way of doing things. If you're not born again, you can't see it. You can't understand it. It cannot even be revealed to you because you must be born again spiritually because that's the only way you can get a spiritual revelation. As long as you're just walking carnally, you will not understand it. And so this morning, I implore you, amen, that if you're not born again, amen, this morning you can be born again, amen. We can take you to the water, amen, and we can pray that God fills and baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. It is his desire that every man be filled. I said it is his desire, and you know what he said? You shall receive power after 
to get that. That's why the born again experience is so important. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's like no power. We're walking around powerless. But God said after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you have power. And sometimes where, where it says that dilemma that we're in, that I have a will to do something, but I, I can't do it. I have good intentions, but I can't perform it. That's because in my carnality, in my flesh, I cannot do it. I cannot do anything without Christ. But when that power comes upon me, when that, come on, do I have a witness in the house of Things that I used to do, I don't do no more. Things that I habitually used to do, I don't do no more. There's a great change in my life because the Holy Ghost power is residing in me, amen, and it's empowering me to do those things that I intend to do. Come on. It empowers me to, to walk right, talk right, live right. It empowers me. Oh, you guys, we got a power on board. I said, we got a power on board. We're just not a vacuum that's sitting there and not plugged in. Our problem is that sometimes we're a vacuum. And we're not even, can you imagine a vacuum sitting there and it's got all this work. It's got all this cleaning up that it can do. But it's not going to do anything until you plug it in. Amen? That's us. We have all this power. There's all these things that we can do. But we got to be, we got to be plugged in to the powerhouse, the power source. It has to come within us so that we can do it. So not only this morning do I say, let him in, let him out. Now here's another dilemma. We get God in. And if we really church, if we really let God out, the whole world God comes in and he renews our mind and he changes our mind and he transforms us according to his, to his word. And the way that we used to think, he transforms. There's a renewing of our mind. There's a renewing. There's a renewing that, that, that the, the, the way I used to walk, it wasn't productive. Come on. It didn't bring fruit to the kingdom. Amen. And so God comes in and he renews our mind and he empowers us and he gives us boldness. These are the things because Jesus lives in me. When I look at Jesus, Jesus, when he showed up, he showed up. Did you see what I'm saying? When Jesus showed up, when Jesus walked in on any scene, the atmosphere changed. Come on, something was going to happen because Jesus was there. Somebody was going to be changed because Jesus walked in the room. Somebody was going to come to a better understanding. Someone was going to confront their pride or their ignorance because Jesus walked in the room. Someone was going to be healed. Someone was going to be delivered because Jesus walked in the room. Well, guess what? That same Jesus is in us. And we should have that kind of impact when we walk in any place. Something should change. Something should shift. The enemy should be running, right? When he's, oh, my God, here comes Jessica. I've got to go. Come on, when we walk up in our house and all hell is there, and things is going, when we walk up in the power of Jesus, Satan got to move. We don't join forces with Satan. Jesus is on board. It changes. 
changes things. When Jesus came, the people knew when Jesus was coming. That's why they would follow him. Who's following you? Who's following me? When Jesus came into the earth, people would just follow because they knew something good was going to happen. Something great was going to happen. They was going to see something. They was going to hear something. They was going to know something different. Who's following us? Greater work shall you do. Greater work shall you do. Greater work shall you do, Sam. Greater work shall you do, Cassandra. Greater works, because I go unto my father. And he said, when I go to my father, but powerful scene that we get, I go to my father, but I come again. Same one that went up, comes down. And lives in us. And lives in us. And lives in us. And he's living in us to be manifested through us and demonstrated through us. God said, let him out. You know, I was I was talking to my daughter the other day, and, and we were talking about this. And one of the things that really <laughs> we were talking about how, I don't know, I've been on an airplane before. And when I, you know, many times, but this time, I was on the airplane. And there's a man that gets on the plane. And what they were excited about and interested in, not that his name was Mr. Smith, but that he was a doctor. I hope y'all get the other story. Some of us, well, he was a doctor, so in case anything happened on that airplane, he knew there was a doctor on board. Many of us, we want to be called this or that or that or this. But what the world needs to know is there's a Christian on board. We want to be all this titles and the world needs to know there's a Christian on board. The world needs to know there's a prayer warrior on board. Your job site needs to know that there's somebody that can get a prayer through. They need to know that there's someone that knows a word for them that can help them out of their situation. They need a pointer that can point them to Jesus Christ. Sometimes we want to be Ph.D. and, and Dr. This and that, that. I'm a Christian. And the world is looking for it. We want to be undercover. You know, we've learned how to, oh, well, what, what we're going to do? What we're going to do, we're going to ease in. And I'm going to let you know me before I let you know you. God said that's wrong. That's backwards. You don't even want them to hear. What did, did Jesus ever say that? I want you to know me before you know my father. He said, when you see me, you see my father. And the ones that I do, I don't do of myself. But I do of the father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. He was always promoting his father. He was always edifying his father. He was always exalting his father. He was not ashamed of his father. You know, it's time for Christians to come out the closet. It's time everything else is coming out the closet. <laughs> and they might have stayed in the closet if Christians had it came out. A long time ago. But our thing is, is that we're in the closet. We're incognito. We're undercover. We, we got our camis on. We're hiding. God, God didn't call for us to fade, fade out. He, made, he called for us to stand out. We, we, we got this fade. We got this fade. We fade in. And people don't know. They don't know. It, it's sad when a person does, you've been working on a job, and nobody knows that Jesus is Lord of your life. They don't know you're a Christian. You've been working there how long? And they don't know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that you are employed by the Most High God, that you are about your Father's business. 
sad. That's sad. Why is it sad? Not because you're scared to tell them, but because they don't have a light to go to. You're the light, but you're not being the light. That's why he said, let them out. It's sad when I walk up into a store year after year after year after year, and all they know about me is Linda with seven kids. That's sad. That, there's more to me than Linda with There's something greater that they need. That's not going to save them, Linda with seven kids. What they need to know is Jesus, that the one that can save them no matter how many kids they have. Amen? They need to know Jesus. And it's sad because God is saying, let him out. The world is waiting for us to let him out. He lets us know that in, in, in the word, in message of 8, 16 through 18 in the message Bible, it says no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a washtub or shoves it under the bed. No, you set it up on a lampstand so those who enter the room can see their way. Now, do you get what I'm saying? Wherever you're at, wherever you're at, you should be the light stand so that those that are lost can see their way. You are advertising Christ wherever you go. Most of us are advertising ourselves. We're so busy advertising and promoting and pushing ourselves forward that people see flesh and they don't see God. And that doesn't, that doesn't save them because they're doing the same thing you do. You don't stand out when you're pushing yourself forward. Everybody's pushing themselves forward. Everybody's trying to make a name for themselves. But when you try to make a name for Christ, you become a light in a dark place. And you let them know that it's great because you might not make no name for yourself, baby. There's a whole bunch of people trying to make a name for themselves. There's a whole bunch of singers trying to sing and dancers trying to dance. There's a whole bunch of accountants counting numbers. That's why everybody don't have a job, because there's a whole bunch of people doing what you're doing. Amen? But Jesus wants you to stand out. So when disappointments come, they know where to go. So when they don't get a job, or when they've been fired from a job, you're the light that stands up and says, I know what you're talking about. Let me tell you about what my Jesus did. I lost my job, and I've been, I've been not working for a year. Oh, we got them testimonies in the house. I've not been working for a year, but let me tell you, Jesus kept me. Oh, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm telling you, I didn't have a job for a whole year, but he put food on my table. He kept a roof over my head, amen, put gas in my car, fed my kids, put I'm talking about my Jesus. That's the light. That's the light that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be telling everybody about Jesus. We are the messengers of the Most High God. We are the messenger. When's the last time that you told somebody your testimony? Are you waiting for them to ask you for it? Our testimony helps us to have we don't have to wait for them to come up to us and maybe, no, let me tell you about my life. Sometimes we're so scared, but let me tell you about my life. Let me, let me tell you what I used to be. Let me tell you what I used to do. But those things I don't do no more. Come on. I used to be a lion-hearted. See, we can say all that. People go, whoa, wait, what? They 
it don't even matter. We're talking about Macy's and we're talking about the dress. We're talking about the bad car we want and the five-bedroom house that we want. We're talking about all these things. Jesus said, let me out, please. Let me out. Let me out. Let me into their lives. They got enough world. They got enough world. Come on. They don't need no more world. Brother, you know what I'm talking about? They don't need no more world. They got enough world. They want Jesus. They're looking for something other than world. But we keep pushing world. Keep pushing world. God says, I didn't call you to push world. I said, if I I be lifted up, I will draw, I will draw all men unto me. Let's make sure we're not trying to draw men unto ourselves. Because we can't help them, and we can't save them, and we can't deliver them. Amen? So to draw them unto me is fruitless. It has no help for them. But to, to lift them up so that God, they can be drawn unto Jesus? Oh, come on, we know what it's felt like. And I know we've had some bad days and bad days and hard days lately. But Jesus is still on the throne. And that power that he has given us, it is still powerful. Because the power was not just supposed to be used. It is not just for our good day. See, we think we're powerful when we're praising God. Hey, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. It's good in my life. That's not a sinner could come in here and do that. A backslider could come in here and do that. But it's when we're going through the throes of pain, racking our bodies, sickness, racking our bodies. It's when we're going through our families being disconnected and broken apart. It's when we're going through financial straits. It's when we're going through the mind, just turmoil in our mind, and we can stop in the midst of it where they will drown in it. We can walk on it. We can walk on it through the power of Jesus Christ. We can walk on our trouble. Amen? God bids you to come this morning to walk. And he bids you as you walk to encourage. He says, after I've strengthened you. Oh, come on, saints. He's strengthened us. After I've strengthened you. After I've encouraged you. After I've, I've given you what you need. Now go encourage your brother. This morning, God has given us church. Every single one of us in this place, God has given gifts to the body. Every person in here has a gift in this body. Every single, I don't care who you from the youngest to the oldest, every person has a gift. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? We have gotten so used to coming and getting fed. The Lord told me, until we pick that spoon up and start eating, our, eating in and of ourselves, we're not really going to go out to the world to be very much. You know why? <laughs> because we're used to being fed. We're used to being led. But this morning, God has shown me he has given gifts to the body. He has given us, you know, the fivefold. He's given us teachers, pastors, apostles, evangelists. They're gifts to the body. Have a work to has given us the gift of help, the gift of encouragement. He has given us the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. It's in the house. It's in the house. 
he told me to ask a question for this very reason. As you have prayed, who has he put on your heart? God just doesn't give to you. God's not just about you. And our problem is, is that when we come into the house of the Lord, the gifts should be evident. The gifts should be evident. But the gifts are not evident if we only come to feed. During the week, we should be saying, Lord, what can I do? Who do you want me to do it for? What can I say? Who do you want me to say it to? When we come into this house, the evidence should be so strong that we are a complete body. See, the, the gift is to make us a complete body until we all come to the strength. Until we all come. But a lot of times in the church, what we see is the praise and worship team and the pastor. But the exciting thing this morning that I want to let you know is, Jesus is you. Here's your Jesus is in you. Jesus in you so big that if he says, go lay your hands on someone, that he believes that when you lay your hands on, that's Jesus laying their hands. And they will, the gift is in you. And as I was talking this morning and praying this morning, I was saying, there is gifts in the house. But sometimes we made it so hard. There's unction that's in our Functions that did not come from you. You're not that smart. I'm not. I'm just being honest, okay? That's how, there's this unction that that have you ever just know, you knew? What? I wouldn't even think that way. I wouldn't even say it like. That. But there's a download that's downloading in us. And what are we gonna do with the download? Many of us will come into the house of the Lord, and there's a download. A download may be. Uh, as simple as you're looking and, and you're looking at you, you're looking at you. And the download of the Holy Spirit is saying, this has been a hard week. This has been a doubtful week. And I come to encourage you that the Lord, he is for me and not against you. And your circumstance does not define the power of God. But the Holy Ghost that's within you, it defines your circumstance. And if you would stand up to that circumstance, girl, you would stand up to it in the power of God's might. You would smash it, and it would no longer have dominion over you. But you have been given dominion over every
yeah. So this morning, there's two mics. There's two mics. And this morning, God just told me to do this offering. There are things that we have been functioned to do. When we came in the house of the Lord, there was something There was something we were going to say. There was a touch that you wanted to touch somebody. There was something. Now, I'm not saying everybody because everybody might not yet have tuned in. But I'm telling you from this Sunday on, let's tune in. Let's tune in to the Holy Spirit using our gifts. Let's want our gifts to be used in the house of the Lord. Let's tune in to his voice, to his words of encouragement, his word of wisdom. Some of you got the word of wisdom. and It's, it's a word. And sometimes you, you're trying. Can I tell you this? And don't try to change anything God says. Because sometimes God can say a simple word. Go. And you're like, go where? What should I say? Go where? Where am I telling them to go? Go. Somebody in here, that's their word. That's they came saying, God, if you tell me to go. And someone gets up and says, go. You understand what I'm saying? Don't change it. Don't try to make it intellectual. Don't try to make it bigger. Don't try, it's big enough because it's from God. Don't put you in it all. The works that I do, I do not of myself. But the Father... It dwelleth in me. Church, there's a father that's dwelling in you. And he's doing the works. But you gotta let the works out. You gotta let them out. You gotta let them out so they'll be manifest. And why God wants his works to be let out? Because there when our work his works is let out, it's a witness to the power of God within us. Sometimes we're bored. We're bored. You know why we're bored? We're not doing anything. We're not being used by God. We're not allowing his manifest presence and his manifest wisdom to work through us, to do the work of God. We're not allowing that. We're just coming and we're just sitting and we're just, tell me another word. 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 And God said, get up and be the word. Get up and be the word. The word was made flesh. And the word is made flesh. And I can keep telling you all day. But until that word fleshes out in you. The word was made flesh. And it dwelt among man. Jesus wants to be made flesh. We're the flesh that carries that word out. But we can sit here all day and just ingest word, 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 word. People dying all around us. We're just full of word, 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 word. We're, we're, we're kind of scared to use it, first of all. And if we never use it, we'll never know it. We'll never know the power of it if we never walk out on the water. So once you walk out on the water and you go, go, go down, there's a hand that is so happy that you walked out on that water, his hand is ready to pull you up. Most of us, are, I, I can't say that. I won't do that. Oh, God, wonder if it's not you. Oh, my. God is not. God wants us to move. Our gifting, we must exercise our gifts this morning. Let him out. We must exercise our gifts. I won't know I'm prophetic. I won't know that. I really won't know that until I walk out on the prophetic. I don't know that. And I can tell you, even in my prophetic life, it, God has ha let me see mistakes. He's let me say things that I had to go back and, and wait a minute. But God is not upset about that. God's upset when you don't.
don't even try to walk out on no water, y'all. He's upset when you won't even begin to use that gift. You got to exercise it so it can grow strong. Church, I'm just saying, let him out. Let him out. Let the prophet, let him out. Let the word of wisdom, let him out. Let the word of knowledge, let him out. Let the laying on hands, let it out. We got all kind of sick people in the house of the Lord. That hand for you. Lord, I'm going in the name of Jesus. I'm just going in the name of Jesus. I'm just saying be healed in the name of Jesus. I'm not looking around to see, oh, did they get healed? Did they get That's not on you. That's not on you. That's on God. You just be the instrument to extend that gift. And then it's on God in the way that they were. 